if there's anyone here tonight who has ever felt like Elijah has at any point, who has, where you're just not yourself, where you feel hopeless, where you feel that burden of the world going on your shoulders, just listen for that still small voice. Bring it to the table. Bring it to the feet of Jesus. Listen for that still small voice. Welcome to Refuge Podcast, a weekly Bible study for young adults at Calvary Chapel, San Juan Capistrano. Why don't we welcome up Santiago. I'm doing great. Hey guys, I'm Santiago. Uh, Honestly, I don't know why they asked me to do this, but they did, and uh, praise the Lord, I'm here. Uh, If you guys don't know me, uh, I'm, like he said, I've been coming here for about three years now, Uh, and we're usually here, but we are getting married in like two weeks, and the government cannot stop our wedding, so we are getting married. Um, Praise him. Yeah, but... If you guys do know me, you know I do talk a lot. Uh, (laughs) If you guys don't know me, buckle up, I do talk a lot. So, uh, prayerfully, I don't go on for 50 minutes, but that's a joke, it's okay, guys. But (laughs) if you guys did bring your Bibles, we're going to be going through 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'm just going to start the stopwatch, because I do talk a lot. (laughs) But before we get into the message and everything like that... um, Personally, and like as Andrew said and I already said, we're getting married in a couple of weeks, and this season has been beautiful, but it's also been difficult. You know, dealing with the pandemic, dealing with other stuff, it does make it, it's, let's just say there's like 20 steps, and then you add like 20 more steps to it because of the pandemic. And so the Lord's been telling me, just bring it back to where it started. And this uh, passage right here that we're going to be focusing on in verse 11 really is near and dear to my heart because it is... I'll just get into it and do that. But um, yeah, let's pray. So Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for hymn night, Lord. We thank you that we're even here to gather, Lord, to the most normal place right now that you can be right now. And Lord, as we go into your word, Lord, I pray that I don't speak for 50 minutes, Lord. And I pray that I just stay on track. Lord, speak through me. Give us a good day here, Lord. And in your name we pray, amen. And so... If you guys don't know chapter 19 without looking at it, this is talking, continuing the story of Elijah. So if you guys don't know who Elijah is, he's a pretty famous guy in the Bible. Uh, And so just to give a little background so you guys have an understanding of what's going on in the specific passage starting in verse 11, leading up to this point, it's about three years of his life previously that we're going to be focusing on. And so starting in chapter 17, it goes with a couple of miracles. And so the first one he's talking about here is that um, Elijah first proclaims that there's not going to be, there's going to be a drought. It's not going to rain until he speaks once again. He says it's going to rain again. So that doesn't happen for three years. And so we'll get to that point. But it also says that Right after that, he goes and he stays with the widow and her son. They're not very rich, they're very poor, but he tells her and he promises her, gives her God's blessing that for as long as it doesn't rain, that they'll be provided because all they had was oil and flour. And so she couldn't even feed herself and her son, let alone another person in Elijah. Yet throughout until it rained again, they were God provided. And so she had enough oil and all that to take care of her and her son. But then her son ended up 
dying. And then Elijah resurrected him and he came up again. And then following that in chapter 18, it talks about how, if you guys don't know, this is a famous, very famous chapter about it, is that he makes it rain in two ways. One, he makes it rain with fire, and then also he actually makes it rain and ends the drought. So with the fire thing, it's... Um, he just brings, he challenges the priests of Baal, or Baal, however you want to pronounce it, no condemnation, but he challenges them, basically saying, your God is fake, my God's real, let's prove it. And so, priests of Baal, they just go around for only Lord knows for how long, but they spend a long time just going kumbaya, cutting themselves, um, praying to their God, and nothing happens. And then Elijah's sitting there patiently, and once it's his turn, he just goes up. He pours water onto the logs to make it scientifically impossible to make the log go on fire, and then he just prays a simple prayer, and then fire uh, rains from the sky. And then also, he ends up getting them all killed by the sword and all that whatnot. And <laughs> yeah, it's, kinda, it's in the Bible. But... <laughs> But um, following after that, he ends up going essentially in the field baby position with his face just right above, just next in the dirt, and he's praying just for it to rain again. And he tells his servant seven times to go check to see if he sees anything in the sky. And then eventually the seventh time he sees a cloud the size of a fist. If you guys don't know, this is the size of a fist. He sees it in the distance, and then he immediately sees that it's going to be rain. Trust in the Lord and just goes running down. And then he's with the king of Israel, King Ahab. And King Ahab, he tells him to go run back to his wife, because if you guys don't know, King Ahab is a weak man, and his wife wears the pants in the relationship. And so he tells her to run back. He girds his loins, which is just a fancy way of saying he pulls up his pants. And then King Ahab gets in his chariot and then um, goes running off into the distance. And so he girds his loins, Elijah does, and then ends up running faster than a guy running in a chariot all the way over to Jezebel. And so following that... This is the aftermath of it. So this is three years of God consistently providing miracle after miracle and Elijah being a key eyewitness. He's seeing everything firsthand, going through him and around him. And so leading up to it, the very beginning of chapter 19, Jezebel sends a messenger saying, essentially, this is very paraphrased too, and I apologize, but essentially in 24 hours, I'm going to kill you. And so it just floors him. It just floors him. He just goes from the peak and all the way down to the ground. And if you guys know anything about walking with the Lord, uh, it's said that you're either walking out of a storm, you're walking in a storm, or you're in a storm. And so he was on the peak, and now he just got knocked down to the valley. And so he's depressed. He's severely depressed. He ends up dipping and leaving his servant. And he had a servant. He ends up walking 80 to 100 miles away from the location where he was on the mounts all the way to Beersheba, which is in the kingdom of Judah, because they're separated at this point. And so, all that's a culminate, we're here at verse 11, which is where we're going to start here tonight. And so, starting at verse 11, it reads, Then he said, and this is God talking to Elijah, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. 
So it was, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, shall you, you shall appoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet... I reserved 7,000 in Israel, all those, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So, the background is very important for this passage. Reason being, and personally, I find it, it's very relatable. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I mean, we've all been teenagers at some point. We're young adults. You dealt with hormones where you've hit super highs and then you've hit super lows. I can speak on my own behalf and I've hit super highs and I have also hit super lows. It's not easy. Growing up's not easy. Life's not easy. The walk's not easy with the Lord. But what we're able to see here is that God's good and that even though something happens and that even though when you're depressed or discouraged or isolated, which is exactly where as of right now with lockdown, which they said it was only going to be a year, but somehow it's still continuing. But, you know, I, I guess I don't know any better. But that's exactly what the devil would like us to be right now. And so we're able to see how God is necessary. He's still good. He's still faithful. He still provides. And he still shows how kind he is and how he will reinvigorate us when we desperately need it. And so God brought his presence here in verse 11. He brought it, but first showed him where he's not. And so the wind showed, the wind blew, but he wasn't there. The earthquake happened, and he wasn't there. And the fire was there, and he wasn't there. And he still displayed his power of how he has control over nature, and yet he wasn't there, right? And so many times that we just we look for something dramatic. I don't know about you guys, but I like drama. Does anybody else like drama? It's, yeah, it's just, there's no condemnation. We all like drama, let's face it. That's why the Kardashians are real or, you know, they're famous. <laughs> let's be honest. We live for it. We thrive off of it. Drama is, we like it, better or worse, yeah. But many times we take that into our walk where we want to see something dramatic. We're like, Lord, listen, like you walk around and you're like, did I hear a trumpet? And then you're looking around like, am I missing something? But many times... He doesn't speak in that way. He does speak in that way where you have the Red Sea parting, where you have, I mean, a teenager shooting a rock and killing a giant. But many times he just speaks very quietly, which is what we have here in this verse right here in verse 12 and 13. But honestly, yeah, he looks more often than not. And after all the loud noises, I don't know about you guys, but do you guys know about these rooms? Uh, I found it very interesting. I look up weird stuff on the internet. I know that's a weird thing to start off on. I look up weird stuff on the internet, and so the internet takes me to weird places. YouTube recommended, if you guys know, it takes you to weird places. But there's these rooms that are so quiet, and they're soundproof, so it's like, but you can only be in there a certain amount of time, for 15 minutes, let's say, or else you start going insane. You start hearing stuff, but it's super quiet. You can hear a pin drop and everything like that. Imagine 
going through a construction zone or a loud environment or something like that. And then all of a sudden you turn a corner, it's just dead silent. Or you open a door and it's a loud environment, you close the door, it's just nothing. It's unnerving, right? You're, you start getting goosebumps and you're like, what's about to happen? And you're really listening for something. And that's what's happening right here to Elijah where there's an earthquake, there's a bunch of wind blowing, there's some fire, and he's like, what is going on? And all of a sudden it's just a still small voice. In other versions, it's actually called a gentle voice. And so I like to imagine it as a parent just speaking very sweetly and softly to a child because we are children. As, and we are children and we're still babies. But, <laughs> but it is completely different from the rest. And honestly, God ministered to Elijah right here where Elijah was on, I guess you would say cloud nine, right? He made it rain. <laughs> he made it rain. Imagine after three years, you're like, after the last, after, until I speak, it's not going to rain until I say so again. And then you do that, and then he's expecting the whole nation of Israel to be saved. He's expecting Jezebel to turn to God. He's expecting all these things. And then that doesn't happen. He's so discouraged. He's so depressed. He's like, Lord, he even prays, he's like, Lord, just take my life now. And God's like, no, I still have something for you. I like to say that as long as there's breath in your lungs, you still do have a purpose. Until once God has fulfilled, you fulfilled your purpose, God will take you up with him. But as of right now, there's still breath in your lungs, so you do still have purpose. And so God ministers to Elijah. He picks him back up and then dusts him off, and he tells him what to do next, right? And so that's when he tells him, you go anoint a king, you go anoint a couple of other people, and you get essentially your princess, you know, he's like, time to get a Padawan or something. But he could have abandoned Elijah, but he didn't take that approach. Psalm 103, verse 10 reads, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And so no matter how much or how often we fail him, God is never at a loss to know what to do. It's not like Elijah he decided to run away. And this person who was letting God lead his life and praying before doing something, and all of a sudden he just turns a corner and he just disappears and God's like, what are we gonna do now? Gotta give up. Looks like Israel's lost. No, he doesn't give up. He continues to just search after him. He could have replaced him with someone else, but yet he still earnestly searched for Elijah. He knew exactly where he was. And so, Elijah, like us at many points, we've walked by sight but not faith. And so I could speak for that for myself where we don't see something going right for us, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going right. God's doing something on the outside, right? Simple, easy thing for probably a lot of people is a job. How many people have worked in customer service here? Raise your hands. Well, if you're still in customer service, we're praying for you, okay? It's, <laughs> that is fruit for you guys right there. <laughs> it's not easy, and I mean, I can even speak for myself. We'd come here and there'd be prayer circles, and I'd be like, just take me out of this job. Believe it or not, the job that you have right now is a gift from God. I don't know if you guys believe it. Whether you like it or not, it is a gift from God. And he has you there until you're going to be called away from there. And so, but you look for a job, you apply, you're like, why don't I get it? Why can't I leave? Well, maybe God just doesn't have you there. Or maybe he still has you there. You know, in other situations also, you know, why aren't I married right now? 
It's a popular thing in young adults. Andrew likes, Andrew's actually um, unofficially the marriage pastor, if you guys didn't know. <laughs> so uh, if you guys want, you know, you guys need someone to get married, it's just go look at Andrew. So a little shout out for you. <laughs> but in all honesty, we, even though we walk by sight and not by faith, he still sustains us, right? He still sustained Elijah. He reinvigorated um, even though we may feel drained, right? You come in here weary because of the state of the world. Even though you go out there, you come in here and then you just lay it at the feet of Jesus. You know, there's a worship song that's called To the Table that just ministers to me so much. And there's a line in there that goes, bring it all to the table. There's nothing here he hasn't seen before. And it brings this beautiful picture of a table from horizon to horizon for as far as you can see and just people who have done horrible things, you know? You want to go to, a, you want to see people who have done horrible things, go to a church. <laughs> it's, people have done crazy things. But if there's anyone here tonight who has ever felt like Elijah has at any point, who has, where you're just not yourself, where you feel hopeless, where you feel that burden of the world going on your shoulders, just listen for that still small voice. And tonight, there's not a better night to listen for that still small voice than listening to hymns. I mean, come on, praising the Lord, worshiping him, eating some free food. I mean, that's a night right there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's shout out to Dave right there. I mean, yes. And also salads for you guys who like salads. <laughs> well, we'll pray for you. But, <laughs> but if you guys do have any problems, in all honesty, there are leaders here. There are people, um, but bring it to the table. Bring it to the feet of Jesus. Listen for that still small voice. And so, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you that we could come here and just be normal. Lord, we can just, I pray for people who come in here with burdens in that whoever feels the weight of the world on their shoulders, that they can just come to you and lay it at your feet. And I just pray that as we go into worship tonight, there's anyone feeling like Elijah did at this point that felt hopeless or felt just depressed or just didn't know what to do, Lord, that they just look to you for guidance, Lord. And so carry us forward, Lord. Give us a great time of worship and praise your name, Lord. So we thank you and we love you in your name we pray.